Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 776, and we'll look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Let's read the passage. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables, and he did not tell them anything without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is presenting this gospel. It's not a history. It's not a biography. It's a gospel. And a gospel is a specific type of writing meant to convey a religious truth because he wants people to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So he's presenting what he thinks is necessary for people to see that. He's writing primarily to a Jewish audience. So that's why he uses a lot of Old Testament references and a lot of Jewish imagery. Is he wants the Jews who read this to believe Jesus is the promised one of the Old Testament. So he's presenting this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And we're in this section called the Parable Discourse. It's a section of teaching. Matthew has these five discourses, these extended teaching segments. And here in chapter 13, we have this extended segment of parables, where Jesus gives these eight parables. Started with the parable of the sower. Then his disciples asked him privately, why do you speak in parables? He told them, and then he gave an explanation to them privately of the parable of the sower. Then he spoke again to the crowd and gave them the parable of the weeds, also known as the parable of the wheat and tares. Then he gave them the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. That brings us to where we are in Matthew 13, verses 34 and 35. And this, again, addresses the issue of why Jesus speaks in parables. Now, earlier, back in verses 10 through 17, when Jesus was asked by his disciples why he spoke in parables, Jesus explained. And Matthew quotes Jesus' explanation. But here, in these two verses, 34 and 35, Matthew is explaining the use of parables. He's not saying Jesus said. Matthew's saying, this is what happened, and this is why. So verse 34, Matthew tells us, Jesus told the crowd all these things in parables, and he did not tell them anything without a parable. Now, it seems like he's saying the same thing twice, and he is. But there's a reason for that. He has this double statement. He says it for emphasis, in case you missed it the first time, that this is a big deal, Jesus speaking in parables. Now, the first phrase, Jesus told the crowd all these things in parables. The verb told is in the Greek aorist tense. And that, for us, functions much like past tense. Jesus told them. And that's exactly what it means. But then the next phrase, he did not tell them anything without a parable. Now, this is given in the negative here, but the tell them here is in the imperfect sense. The best way to understand imperfect is it's like saying used to or was always. So he's basically saying, and Jesus was always telling them things in parables, was never telling them things without parables. So it's the idea of ongoing, frequent usage. 
Now, so the, the double is, is making the emphasis. Now, is he saying Jesus never said a thing to them without a parable? No, that's not what he's saying. He's, he's making the point Jesus used parables a lot. And Jesus' interaction with the crowds was really highlighted by parables. That was pretty much his custom of speaking to them. Now, is he actually meaning everything that he was always using parables itself, or Jesus' message itself was much like a parable to the people. It, that may be reading too much into it. Some say that basically Jesus' entire message was like a parable. It was parabolic in that it was not straightforward, and you had to think about it to understand what he was saying. That may be pushing it too much. But Matthew's point is, Jesus used a lot of parables. It was the way he spoke to the crowds. Then in verse 35, Matthew says, And this was so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. This is a quotation from Psalm 78, verse 2, which is a psalm of Asaph. Actually, in the Hebrew, it's a mashel of Asaph. And when we were first talking about parables, it said parable. Best way to understand it, it's uh, much the way the Hebrew language used mashal. And so this is actually given as a mashal of Asaph. Now, he says through the prophet, Asaph writes some of the Psalms. Is he a prophet? Well, in Second Chronicles 29, verse 30, it talks about some of the history that went on with King Hezekiah. Verse 30 says, Then King Hezekiah and the officials told the Levites to sing praise to the Lord in the words of David and of the seer Asaph. So specifically Psalms. Psalms from David. We understand David, the king. But also the seer Asaph. And the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, says the prophet Asaph. So Asaph, even though he's a writer of Psalms, is referred to here as a prophet. So it's appropriate to say through the prophet. And then there's the quote from Asaph in Psalm 78. Asaph says he's speaking in parables, but what he does through Psalm 78, he basically recounts historical events of Israel. Nothing there is parabolic. Some translate his use of parable as riddles. Nothing there is secret. Everything he mentions is plain knowledge to everyone, at least in Israel. But the way he puts things together and highlights what goes on through all of this, through the history of Israel and his interactions with God, that's what he's really pointed out. And the big deal that he brings out is He's highlighting God's justice and mercy in light of the people's persistent rebellion. And so he's bringing up big questions here. One, why do people keep rebelling when God keeps showing his love and mercy to them? Why is it they only seem to respond when he punishes them? And, and how does God keep pouring out love and mercy in spite of their rebellion. So he, he does speak someone in parables here and bringing these questions up of how does this all work? And so through it, Asaph's basically revealing the righteous acts of God in redemption. 
And that's what Jesus is doing here. So that's why Matthew brings this out, Psalm 78, in light of Jesus speaking parables. What's he doing? He's doing much like what Asaph was doing in Psalm 78. He's bringing out and revealing the righteous acts of God in redemption. Now, most people find a chiasm in Matthew 13 in this parable discourse. Now, chiasm, it, it comes from chi, the Greek letter ch, but it looks like an X. That's why you see Xmas for Christmas. The ch for Christ is the Greek letter chi, which looks like an X. And the left side of the X, the two sloped parts of the letter come to a point that's seen as the format of this chiasm. And, and Matthew uses a, a lot of chiasms, but the, it's, there's parallelism. So if we were looking at the, the main points, it would be like A, B, C, D. And then that takes us to the point of, of the chiasm, then back C prime, B prime, A prime, and the A and A prime are parallel with each other. The B and B prime are parallel with each other. So, for instance, these eight parables in this parable discourse, the first parable about the sower is somewhat similar in subject matter to the last parable about the scribe. The second parable about the weeds is parallel to the seventh parable about the dragnet. And then the center point of this chiasm is the section we're in now, basically verses 34 to 43. So that's the section we're looking at right now and the section we'll look at next time, the explanation of the parable of weeds. And some say it includes the fourth and fifth parables. The fourth parable is the parable of the leaven. The fifth parable is the parable of the hidden treasure. And the significance of those two parables are they're both about something hidden, the hidden nature of the kingdom of heaven. And even there, he's talking about things kept secret in verse 35. I will declare things kept secret. You have the secret of the leavening process and then the secret of the hidden treasure. And back in verse 11, where he was answering the question of why parables. He talked about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So I think all this it points to, we're in the guts of it here as far as the purpose of the parables. In this parable discourse, in between the first four and the last four parables is this center of the chiasm, which is the purpose of the parable discourse. And he's basically saying the, the purpose of this parable discourse is to show Jesus's use of the parables, that Jesus used these parables to reveal things that were hidden, but are now being revealed. Now, he earlier explained that they're being revealed to those who have a heart to hear it, those to whom God is revealing it, but it's not as easily seen by those on the outside. Just as Asaph used the things that everybody knew, but put them together the way to bring out things that people didn't necessarily understand before. Jesus is using these parables to teach things about the kingdom of heaven, to teach things about God's righteous acts of redemption for the people that really have been understood to this point, but 
now Jesus is revealing them. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.